the Palm Stevenson Show, palmstevenson.com, episode 37, Monday, July 17th, 2006. Episode 37. Yeah. We took a week off. I was a little bit insane after the World Cup, and Rob was on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Palm Stevenson Champions, baby! 2006! Yeah. 2006. Did you follow the World Cup? I did indeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let, let, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> Every World Cup, now again, soccer is, you know, nobody cares about soccer in the United States. Let's, let's be reasonable here. Of course. Let's be accurate. It's sort of like uh, the Tour de France. Yeah. Uh, no one cares about bicycle racing. No. Especially not in France. No, I think it's kind of big over... Oh, I see. Over here, yeah, they don't care about... I'm saying Americans don't care about a bike race that's happening in France. Well, they do care because it always seems like an American is winning, so we, you know, they're, they're excited about that. But Well, they, they get to sell more bracelets. Yeah, that's true. So what you have is, is, is an opportunity... And I do like soccer, but I, I think because the World Cup is all the best players, you get a little bit spoiled. And then when you have to watch, like, the domestic leagues, <laughs> eh, you know, it's it's not exactly the same level of talent. Right. The game's a lot slower, and it, it's not as good. And, uh, you know, every uh, four years, you have the World Cup. Yeah. You know, it, it's huge. Huge all over the world. Biggest sporting event. And at the same time, it gives, you know, people in the United States who, you know, maybe share a heritage or whatever, they have an opportunity to, you know, wave the flags and, you know, be a little bit celebratory. Or, you know, put it on the car and write on the car with soap and all different things. Uh, in, so In New York City, anytime there's, there's some sort of... Uh... Uh, ethnic celebration, whether it's a parade or a sporting event like this or whatever, the people of of that country's descent, I don't know what it is, they, they have to wear that country's flag as a cape. Yes. And go out and scream and get drunk. Yeah, so, in this case, the World Cup, uh, soccer is very big in Italy. Yeah. Soccer's very big. It's, it's big in a lot of countries, but... Not here, <laughs> though. No, no, nobody cares here. And every four years, I decide to watch soccer. And I watch the World Cup, and I get really into it as I do with everything else, and get completely over the top, and go insane, and my heart, you know, forget about the, the heart, blood pressure through the roof, and... <laughs> so, 
the, you know, the World Cup comes around, and they had, I guess it was in 1990, the World Cup was actually in Italy, and they failed to get to the final, and they lost, and I was upset about that. And then there was the World Cup in 1994, which was in the United States. Yeah. And Italy got all the way to the final and lost to Brazil because uh, the great Italy player, which was Baggio, missed the kick, and they lost, and, and I pretty much tore up all of our lawn, uh, lawn uh, furniture. Italy, it's always like, you know, one way or another, somehow they're going to blow it, and... <laughs> So they're like as the Mets. It's yeah. more like the Red Sox, or as we call them, the Red Sacks. Uh, yeah. Red Sacks. Baston Red Sacks. Uh, so there's always some kind of disappointment. So this year, Italy gets all the way through. They beat the home, the host country of Germany. I'm going berserk. And they get to the final. And the final was a terrible game. And all the way through, I'm saying, you know, it, the game is tied. And they go into the overtime period, and it's still tied. Yeah. <laughs> and Italy's really tired. And you just almost sense that at some point they're going to give up the goal and they're going to lose. Yeah. Hey, Pazano, was, we lose uh, the game. What are you doing? Oh. And at some point, I'm just going to be like... They've lost before. They've blown it before. Oh, well. So then I started thinking to myself, what happens if they win? Because we, we, <laughs> talk about, uh, see, we talk about the paunch luck, right? Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, if I really want them to win and they win, that's a good thing. But that means something bad is going to happen to me. Yeah, it's like the, the paunch luck, the Al Bundy luck, yes. the Jason Priestley luck. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just one of those things. And I'm thinking, okay, do I really want them to win? And then I start thinking to myself, hmm, you know, I really don't mind, you know, if France wins, you know, whatever. They've only won once before. It's fine if they win again. I don't care. And their star player is this guy, Zinedine Zidane. He came out of retirement. He was having a great game. A uh, very respected player. I had a lot of respect for him. And with about 10 minutes to go in the overtime, as the teams are limping to the, you know, into get into the penalty kick shootout, which Italy always loses in, this guy, Zidane, gets insulted by the Italian player, turns around, and does a headbutt, knocking the Italian player to the ground. Wow. Everybody's shocked, and automatically, I'm like, that's it! That's the out. <laughs> now we can win and I don't have to worry about the bad luck. Right. Because the guy on France, this great player, he became the GOAT. So now the bad karma is on him. What, they, the good they, karma. They kicked him out, I guess. They threw him out of the game. Yeah. Red card, he's out of the game. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Or as in the What's movie, The Babe, you, you out of the game. And then John Goodman punches him out. <laughs> so he's out of there. And in Italy, amazingly hit all their kicks and they win the World Cup. And then, of course, everybody around the town and where else are beeping the horn and yelling and whatever. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people wonder, well, why wouldn't you root for the United States? And in truth, they stink. 
remember several years ago, there was an American soccer player who was sort of becoming a little popular and then it just fizzled out. He was the goalie or something. Tony Miola. Tony Miola, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was from a local guy from Kearney, New yeah. Jersey. He, uh, he's, he's still a professional player, still a goalkeeper. Actually, he plays for the local Major League Soccer team, the Red Bulls. Yeah. He's the goalie. Yeah, no, it was like he was popular for about five minutes and then that just died out. <laughs> it's, you know, a lot of people complain about the international soccer and how it's boring and there's no scoring. And Well, the thing know, again, is, wait, hold on a minute. The thing with soccer, you know, I don't know what it is about Americans. And I, I'm not really that into sports, but out of all the sports that Americans like, there seems to be a lot of downtime. There's constant downtime. You know, in, in, in baseball, the pitcher winds up, throws a pitch. Now you have five minutes of the batter adjusting his helmet, dusting off his... All right, and then another pitch, and then another five minutes of the pitcher yes, scratching his head. Yes. And, but I think that... And in the, football, too, between each play, there's like ten minutes of downtime. Like, well, come on, just play. But that's true. But in the all the other sports, even though there's a lot of stoppages and timeouts and whatever... And, and in football, basketball, baseball, there's always an opportunity to score. In soccer, yeah. there's only a couple of chances each game. So we have a solution to the side. I don't, I think we've expressed this already. Yeah. It's simple. We invented this game in 1989 in the fifth grade. Yes. It's yes. demolition soccer. Yeah. It's very simple. You play soccer. It's all the rules of soccer, except there are no rules. When somebody has the ball, you can knock them down, elbow them in the face, smash them up into the boards. Yeah. Pick the ball up and pound somebody in the head with it, peg them. You know, if, if you want to score, you pick the ball up and you chuck it at the goalie and try and knock him yes. out. It's demolition soccer. By the way, we had talked about demolition soccer in episode 20. Well, we invented it. Yeah, I know. Ah. So that, and we have celebrity deaths. Oh, no. One, I don't know if you're going to mention this one, but one of them is my fault. What? We put the point clock on an old guy and he's dead. <laughs> well, we have Sid Barrett. Yes. Let's see. He was, of course, we're checking this on deadoraliveinfo.com, one of our favorite websites. Yes. Sid, Sid Barrett. Barrett Pink he Floyd. Was, yeah, founding member and guitarist of the band Pink Floyd, known for being reclusive in his later years. Born what? January 6, 1946, died July 7th, 2006, 60 years old. Yeah, uh, Sid Barrett was both the, I, I guess you would say, the early uh, influence and early uh, creative uh, genius behind Pink Floyd. Yeah. Uh, as well as the later, um, I guess you would say, um, inspiration. Because... Um, you know, he, he was a bit mentally in, un, unstable in the first place. Yeah. And he did a lot of LSD. Yeah. So by the, I guess it was, I don't know, 68, 69, 
he was just so out of it that he just they just couldn't keep him in the band anymore. So they had to replace him uh, with David Gilmore. And he eventually, like, you know, a big part of the uh, the uh, Dark Side of the Moon album, as well as uh, Wish You Were Here uh, album, is Roger Waters writing the songs, thinking about, uh, you know, Sid Barrett, who was his friend, yeah. who went berserk. Yeah. Although, they did continue to uh, pay him his royalties. Oh, well, that's good. For all those uh, all those years. That's good. So there's him, and the other celebrity death is Red Buttons. Ah, this is the one I was talking about. Red Buttons. Yep. Uh, comedian and actor, and he hosted the Red Buttons show on TV and later appeared in many movies, including The Longest Day and The Poseidon Adventure. Yes. Poseidon. When did we talk about that? Episode oh. 30. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was born February 5th, 1919, died July 13th, 2006, and he was 87 years old. Man, it's old. Yep. So that's that's another one we can add to the list. Yep. Um, I wanted to mention our friend Frank... Over at the Overnight Scape, theovernightscape.com. Uh, he, right. he does the podcast. We were on his show, if you recall, a while back. <laughs> if you go to his site, if you go on, on the main page, there's a picture of Frank standing in front of balloons that say 500. He has reached episode 500. Wow. We are on episode 37. He is on episode 500. <laughs> So congratulations, and I don't know, maybe someday we'll we'll reach episode 500. I don't know. Uh, how long will that take at this rate? Um, Probably like 10 years. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Literally, probably about 9 or 10 more years. You know, the, the, the sad part is we'll probably still be doing the show. And, uh, yeah, no one will still be listening, so. Oh. <laughs> but as long as we can outlast Tom Green... Oh, in good shape. Speaking of Tom Green, I'm glad you mentioned oh, it. No. I've been trying to watch his show. As you know, we've been talking about it the last several episodes. The yeah. website makes no sense. The schedule makes no <laughs> sense. He has once again changed the schedule. Ah. If you go to the website, TomGreen.com, at first it was live show every Thursday night. Then it was a live show at random. Now his new schedule is a live show every night, Monday through Thursday, 11 p.m. Eastern time zone. So he, okay. So <laughs> I'm going to try to watch it. Monday night I'm going to try to watch a live show, and if I can, I'll call in. But I, <laughs> I, I haven't had any luck so far. I just don't get this guy. His show it's is impossible to watch. Has he actually aired a show yet? I don't know. I, I went to his website, and there's a, cl uh, a a video clip on the front page of him rapping. Oh, no. 
So I don't know. I'm going to give it a few more chances and then I'm just going to give <laughs> Wait up. A what, what is he rapping? I got to see this. I don't know. Is he doing the, the bum song rap? No, no. Oh my God. <laughs> Tom, Tom Green is walking around in a b blonde wig. He. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, oh, I can't look feedback. at it anymore. So I'll give his show one more chance. If I still can't watch it, then I'm just going to forget about it. All right. Glenn, you have to watch my show. You have to watch me go to my parents' house and wake them up at three in the morning and paint pictures on their car and eat ham and jump on I'm the I'm a rap superstar now. I'm a rap superstar. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Tom Green. Uh, oh, and I found another video podcast. Totally ridiculous. It's shocktheman.com. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of like a convoluted, stupid idea. With it's, it's real complicated. You go on the website and you pay money. And paying the money allows you to vote on whether or not the guy who runs the website gets shocked. So, what? So let's say I go to the website, I pay money, and I put, shock him with a level four shock. And then you go on five minutes later and pay money, and you put, no, don't shock him with a level four shock. Now you just ah. canceled out my shock. Ah. But then if someone else comes along five minutes later and puts, you know, pays money, and it says, shock him with a level two shock, and then no one cancels that out later he videotape he like goes on the webcam and records himself with a an electric coll uh, collar around his neck and presses the remote control and shocks himself and puts that on uh, like as a video podcast well it's we so should get stupid we should get apparently i'm reading this he's doing this all for the benefit of dogs um, I think he's donating part of it to animal charities and don't and and keeping the rest of it to pay for graduate school. Uh, he's saying, "Do not use a shock collar on dogs." Well, I would agree with that, <laughs> but uh, we should get a bunch of money together and just shock the hell out of this guy. <laughs> just keep shocking every two seconds, because <laughs> he says he'll give a shout out. Oh yeah, so. Yeah, he'll be shouting out to the Paunch Stevenson show while he's dying. And of course, we'll call in as Dr. Julius Sumner Miller. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Julius Sumner Miller, and physics is my business. I've been asked by the hosts of the Paunch Stevenson Show to demonstrate what would a dog color kind of electricity would it pass through the human body. And we're going to demonstrate with my good lab assistant, Mr. Paunch Stevenson. Hello. Hi, Dr. Miller. How are you? 
Well, thank you. And we'll have two different tests. One will be with myself performing as a co-lab assistant to myself, and one for Ponce Stevenson, my actual lab assistant. Doesn't that sound well? <laughs> yeah. Finally, you're participating in one of these experiments. It's about time. Yes. Now, we're going to demonstrate electricity and how it passes through current through material. I will be wearing a collar in which the material connected to the collar is made of aluminum, which does not conduct electricity according to physics. Mr. Stevenson will be wearing a collar with the wire connected made of gold. <laughs> okay, fine. Gold doesn't conduct electricity either. We shall see. First, we'll pass the electrical current through my lab assistant, Paunch Stevenson, who believes gold does not conduct electricity. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Wait, I need my safety goggles. Okay, now I'm ready. And here we go. Oh. Oh. Let's make sure of that. Oh, stop it. Ow. And now, now, I will conduct the experiment on myself. Here we go. Hey, how come nothing's happening to you? Because aluminum does not conduct electricity, oh. but gold does. Oh. And once again, for the young students at home... No! <laughs> Stop! <coughs> oh. 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 I'm Julius Sumner Miller, and physics is my business, and now back to the Ponch Stevenson Show. July 4th, Independence Day, 4th of July. Uh, we had the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Uh. And, and once again, the IFOCE, International Federation of Competitive Eating. Um, if you go to their website, ifoce.com, they, the, they have the results of the eating contest. Once again, number one. Takeru Kobayashi, 53 and three quarters hot dogs with the uh, buns. He takes first I, place. Uh, Joey Chestnut, is... wait, hold on, hold on. Joey right. Chestnut, second place with 52 hot yes. dogs and buns. Third place, our good friend Sonia the Black Widow Thomas. <laughs> Who Sonya is Thomas. still, still will not grant us an interview. <laughs> I know. I've tried. She came in third. She had 37. Yeah, this was actually a broadcast on ESPN. Oh, yeah? Yeah. See, I don't understand. You eat 37 hot dogs, 52, 53 and three quarters. Where in inside of the person's body are 53 hot dogs fitting? I don't know. Where are they all going? Where, like... <laughs> 
If I try to shove 53 hot dogs down my throat, like, are they all going to fit in my stomach? They have to go somewhere. Doesn't make sense. When I was watching it, all it was was they were just like, just shove, 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 shove. Yeah. And it was insane. Yeah. I know. What I can't understand is you have the really, really, really gigantic fat guys. Yeah. Who obviously there's there's you know enough uh, volume inside of them to put all these hot dogs, but then you have like this uh, Kobayashi and Sonia Thomas who are very very thin. Yeah, and they keep winning. Well, ah. and on Sonia Thomas's website, soniatheblackwidow.com, she has an update, July eighth, two thousand six. Cherokee Rib Eating Championship uh, in Cherokee, North Carolina. First place, Sonia Thomas, 5.45 pounds uh, in 12 minutes. Tim Janice had 4.3 pounds, and Dale Boone had 3.9 pounds. So five, just about five and a half pounds of meat in 12 minutes. That is gross. <laughs> Oh, man. So that is our eating update of the episode. Yeah. Oh, hey, Mamma Mia! Oh, Mario! Luigi! Oh! There's no, there was no one named Mario on the, the team this year. 